Hi, and welcome back to Healing Quest, uh, your healthy lifestyle show. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. If you're just joining us, our focus here is the latest in natural health options available to help us all stay healthy and achieve our optimum well-being. Well, earlier in our show, we mentioned that February is National Heart Health Month. Heart health is a big topic because it is the leading cause of death in the U.S. for both men and women, so it gets lots of attention year-round. But we've discovered a dimension of heart health that, in our view, does not get the attention that it deserves. We're talking about vitamin K27, and in in one major European study, it contributed to a 50% reduction in cardiovascular death. (laughs) Okay, you heard that right, 50% reduction in in, uh, cardiovascular death. So that's a big deal. So to help us understand vitamin K27 and why it isn't much better known, we've turned to microbiologist Kieran Christian. He's the chief science officer of Just Thrive Health, and he's joining us now via Zoom from his home base in Chicago. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Judy. Hi, Roy. Great to be with you. Hey, thanks for joining us. Well, let's start with the history of vitamin K27. Is it something that has just been recently discovered? Is that one reason more people don't know more about it? You know, I wish that was the case because that would be a much simpler explanation. But, but no, actually, it was uh, discovered back in the early 1900s by a German scientist named Heinrich Dan. Um, so it's it's been around for over 100 years. Um, the large scale clinical trials in vitamin K2, and we're talking studies with 13,000 people, 50,000 people, 90,000 people, and some of the Japanese studies. Um, these studies have been around for two and a half, three decades already, you know, so it's a, it's a matter of education, uh, and it's a matter of, um, digging into this kind of research that's out there, but it isn't being brought to the forefront because there's not a whole lot of profit in selling a vitamin, you know, that, that can really help with some of these massive conditions. So there's less commercial motivation for, for companies and people to spend money to put, put this information out there. We should give you credit right now. Your company is one of the ones that is bringing it, that has brought it out. Yeah, I've actually been uh, working on vitamin K2 in some form or the other since 2000. Um, this is a, a, a darling of mine when it comes to nutrition uh, because of all of the things that it does and how critically important it is um, in, in so many systems in the body. And there are lots of chronic illnesses that can be tied back to a deficiency in vitamin K2. And guess what? No surprise. Over 90% of the Western population is clinically deficient in this vitamin. Wow. Is that a test that the doctors often take? You know, that, that's another reason why it, it hasn't um, become more mainstream is because doctors don't test for it. And there isn't, unfortunately, a mainstream test. You know, one of the reasons why vitamin D became so popular is when a vitamin D test became available uh, for medical doctors and medical doctors started utilizing it as a way of understanding what's going on with their patients. And, and once you start having that as part of an analysis of a patient, it becomes more mainstream. And so that, that also, I would, I would say, is another reason why it's not as mainstream as it should be. Yeah, that's right. you but know, you can assume you're you're deficient. That's the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, we're not because we take vitamin K two seven every day. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's, we're not deficient. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's it's the quintessential vitamin, right? So the the dietary supplement industry exists 
to supplement your diet of, of essential nutrients that you don't get in adequate amounts from the diet. That's the whole premise of this entire industry. This is the quintessential example of that because it is so critical. It is so necessary. We'll talk about the heart-related benefits today, but it's critical for your bone, for your nerves, for your brain development, for your teeth, all kinds of things. And, uh, and we get almost none of it from our diet. There's no vitamin K27 in the Western diet. We mentioned uh, a study uh, in Europe that 50% reduction in cardiovascular mortality, that's, that's just kind of um, amazing to me. So what does it do to protect the heart? Yeah, and uh, so that study you're referring to is called the Rotterdam study. It was 4,800 patients over a 10-year period, right? So that's no small study. That's not a, a, a small laboratory internal study on mice or something like that. It's a massive study. But And the thing is, it's not. it doesn't stand alone. There's a number of... Um, studies that preceded that, a number of studies that uh, that have not since been done to further validate that information. So what is vitamin K27 doing? Well, as it turns out, if you look at the American Heart Association information on heart disease, the best predictor of cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular mortality is calcium scoring, right? That is the deposition of calcium inside your arteries. Everything else that's a risk factor, things like cholesterol levels, inflammation like CRP, blood pressure, those are all associated with the risk in cardiovascular mortality or cardiovascular disease, but, but they're not the, the best predictors of the risk, right? It's calcium score. That means how much calcium is being deposited on the inner lining of your blood vessels. Because over time, as calcium gets deposited on the inner lining, the endothelium is the, is the name of it, uh, the inner lining of your blood vessels, the blood vessels start to stiffen and they become hard and they become less compliant is the word one would use. So they can't flex, they can't uh, open up wide and accept a large blood volume and they start to close up over time. So that calcification is the biggest predictor and risk factor. And the only thing so far discovered, whether natural, synthetic, or anything that can remove that calcium from your arteries and your lining of your vessels is vitamin K27, right? There's, and we have a defense mechanism against it, right? So our body is so smart. Our body knows that when you take in calcium through food and even nowadays supplements, calcium is going to float around your circulatory system. And if there's any sort of damage to the to the lining of your vessels, it's going to start getting deposited in some of these areas. And so over time, it's normal for calcification to occur in your vessels. However, we've got a protein in our vessels called MGP. MGP's sole job is to get rid of that calcium for your vessels and in fact, send your calcium towards your bone, which is actually where you need it. And that MGP is a vitamin K27 dependent um, uh, molecule. And without vitamin K27, it cannot get activated and do its job of removing calcium from your arteries. If you're just joining us, I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest, and we're speaking with microbiologist Kieran Christian about vitamin K27 and the health of our heart. And there's, as you just mentioned, there's other things uh, besides uh, benefits to our, for our heart health that K27 provides. One is bones, and that's something I'm very interested in. So can you talk about that for a second? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I mentioned just now is that... Uh, one of the roles of MGP, the vitamin K dependent protein in your arteries, 
is to remove calcium from the arteries and then starts directing it towards the bone. Now, when the calcium gets to the bone, calcium just doesn't stick onto the bone, right? Calcium is an inert mineral. And so in order to actually stick calcium onto the bone, there it requires a paste. And the paste is called osteocalcin. Osteocalcin is a really critical paste that's required to actually take calcium and stick it on the bone. That osteocalcin is also a vitamin K2 dependent protein. So without vitamin K2 activating it, it cannot grab the calcium and stick it on the bone. And so that, that whole almost simplified mechanism of misdirected calcium, calcium ending up on the arteries and the lining of vessels versus on the bone, that's a huge thing that drives two of the four biggest killers in the Western world. That's heart disease, cardiovascular disease, and osteoporosis. A single vitamin addresses the mechanism by which those two conditions arise because K2 uh, helps ensure that the calcium is coming out of the arteries and the lining of the vessels and putting it onto the bone. Well, that, that that's great information. And, you know, for any of you out there that are dealing with osteopenia or osteoporosis, uh, boy, <laughs> this would be a really good thing to add to your uh, regimen. Right. As a matter of fact, uh, Kieran, but pardon me for getting personal, but how important is vitamin K27 in the realm of the supplements that you take? So for me, it's it's first and foremost, and I've been taking vitamin K27 for now almost 20 years. Um, and, and for me, the motivation was, you know, I have heart disease that runs in my family, right? My, my dad had um, a, um, a massive heart attack in his mid forties. Um, and so did his dad. And so there's a genetic element to that as well. And so one of the things that struck me was the, was the impact that this simple vitamin had on cardiovascular health. And so I've been taking it personally since then. Now, even since, uh, since the year around 2000, you know, we ourselves have come to discover new functions of, of vitamin K2 for your nerve health and your brain health and so on. So I like my brain and I want to maintain my brain and I like my nerves functioning the way they should. Um, and, and the energetics that K2 produces. So K2 um, can dramatically increase the amount of energy your mitochondria can produce. So all of those things are not only immediate lifestyle benefits for me, but also provides long-term um, you know, support for the kinds of systems that, that uh, are at risk in my physiology, right? And so um, to me, it's top of, uh, of the mind and, and, and the very front of my supplement counter. So when, when people are looking uh, for the uh, vitamin K2 product, what's the two stand for and what's the seven stand for on, on the label that says vitamin K2-7? Yeah, so that's a really important question. I'm glad you asked that because there's two forms of vitamin K. There's vitamin K1 and then there's vitamin K2, which is what we've been talking about. Vitamin K1 is found in leafy green vegetables. So in things like spinach and broccoli and so on. Now, vitamin K1 only functions in the liver. Its job is in the liver to help with the coagulation cascade. So anytime you need to form a blood clot, vitamin K1 is in there playing a role in activating clotting factors, right? So that's the role of vitamin K1. It does not leave the liver. It does not help with removing calcium from the arteries. It does not help with bone building and nerves and so on. Its role is in the liver. And as it seems, the deficiency of vitamin K1 
in the US population is much less than the deficiency of vitamin K2, predominantly because we all eat some foods that have vitamin K1 in it, some leafy green vegetables, even if it's from time to time. And then uh, we, and then most multivitamins in the US have vitamin K1 in it. They don't have vitamin K2. So that is an important distinction. So when you're looking for a vitamin K supplement, one that meets the, the needs that we've been talking about, you need to look for the K2. Now the seven is uh, another increasingly important component because there are companies that also make a synthetic version of vitamin K2. And the synthetic version of vitamin K2 in supplements comes in the form of vitamin K24, or you might see it as MK4, M as in Mary, K as in Kite, uh, four. So that's the abbreviation that is typically for the synthetic version. We always recommend sticking with the natural because when you when you use the natural, you have a much better safety and efficacy profile. So the natural stuff is K2-7 in general. Now, there are some companies coming out with a synthetic K2-7. So that's something you should look for that there's a, that it says it's from fermentation because uh, K27 comes from bacterial fermentation. They produce this vitamin. So you should look for a, a vitamin that's from fermentation uh, and is K27. And if you want to go to the, to the source of what we're talking about, I guess you should also just look for Just Thrive. This is the company which is, um, I think, leading in this field. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that we pioneered with Just Thrive is a um, increased dose of vitamin K2. So we started seeing companies coming out and finally putting vitamin K2 at seven in particular in products, but they were coming in at 30 micrograms, 40 micrograms. They were kind of following the multivitamin idea where you put a little sprinkle of everything in there, you know, but but with vitamin K2, there's a, there's, a, there's a very clear dose dependency ratio, meaning the more you put up to a certain point or the more you take in up to a certain point, the more benefits you have because it, it affects so many um, different areas of the body. And so we pioneered that 320 microgram dose. 320 microgram is the dose in which studies show gives you uh, almost 90% of all the benefits of vitamin K2. So we pioneered that, and, and K27 is critically important from natural fermentation. So that's just Thrive K27. That's right. So I'm just um, thinking, maybe we should just run this segment every month. Say, <laughs> hey, don't forget to take your This is so important. As you said, this is in a way like the quintessential dietary supplement. It is. Nothing fits this this uh, modus operandi as well. You know, that's this is why dietary supplements exist. A critical nutrient that can literally save hundreds and thousands of lives that is absent from our diet that we can simply put back in through supplementation. This, I mean, there isn't a better Cinderella story for, for a quintessential dietary supplement. Thanks, Kieran. We love those happy endings where we get to live happier, healthier, and longer. We've been speaking with Kieran Krishnan, Chief Science Officer for Just Thrive Health, about the many benefits of Just Thrive's Vitamin K27. You can learn more about Vitamin K27 at JustThriveHealth.com. That's JustThriveHealth.com. Up next, we're going to find out about boosting our immune system by tapping into the same infrared heat 
that the sun produces. And don't forget, podcasts of this and all of the Healing Quest episodes are available at our website, HealingQuest.tv. And we've just completed some remodeling there, so come on by and check out what's new at HealingQuest.tv. And also, please follow us on, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at HealingQuest. We love hearing from you. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenharst, and you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Healing Quest is brought to you by Clearlight Infrared, makers of jacuzzi saunas whose infrared heating technology penetrates deep to boost the immune system, increase blood flow, reduce stress, and detox naturally. You can learn more about jacuzzi saunas at infraredsaunas.com. That's infraredsaunas.com. And use the promo code HEALINGQUEST. Or you can call Clearlight at 1-800-798-1779. That's 1-800-798-1779.